0: Big Tail Revival, my guitar. Take one, the only take you'll ever hear, because this will never get on your record, guys.
1: Look here, people. I got a new six string, and here's the first song.
2: Good morning, morning. happy Mother's Day, you guys all, well, everybody looks right awake, I think so far, the ones that I'm seeing in here, but we're going to go ahead and, and get started with our service this morning, we are glad to see everyone here, and we're excited to be worshiping Jesus this morning, amen, all right, well, let's stand, and we'll begin our worship. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for what you're going to do. We have walked in this place, Jesus, not sure of what that's going to be, but we're expectant of your spirit to be here. We want you to be welcome in this place, Lord. And We want it to be about you. So, Lord, help us to set our week aside. Help us to set everything that was going on this morning, our crazy mornings, whether we were moms getting kids ready whether we were just tired and not feeling like doing a whole lot, but getting here for you. So, Lord, we love you, and I pray that you will be with us as we continue to worship you this morning through everything that we do because this whole service is worshiping you, Jesus. So we ask you now to come in and feel welcome. I pray that you will be with every single person sitting in these chairs, that have been prayed over this morning by your people. Meet them where they're at, Lord. Give them a personal touch so they know you are activated in their life and in their circumstance, whether they're here, Jesus, just barely hanging on by a thread or whether they came running in the doors ready for you this morning, Jesus. I know you'll meet us right where we are. So Lord, we love you. We trust you with what you're going to do. And we ask you to feel free to move in this place. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. God's people said, amen. Amen. All right. Would you guys turn and welcome each other and greet each other and say good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Glad to see you.
0: Good to be in God's house today, amen? Get in that last hug and handshake and then you can be seated. Got a few things to share with you. If you happen to be a kiddo, four years through fifth grade and still in this space, we've got a great program for you back in the back, so find somebody that looks like they know where they're going and we'll get you back there to enjoy that time. Got some good news. You can take some good news, right? Some of you know that it's been a long time since we've been able to use this nice kitchen you have back there. Guess what? We're clear. So that's very good news, right? Special thanks. Thank you, Timmy. That was very good. Uh, Tim Parkey and his work with that. Maybe there are others too, but uh, Tim, we appreciate what you've done, and we're uh, looking forward to firing that thing up. Kylie, do you have a couple pictures back there for me? I'm not sure if those got to you. Yes. Put that first one up. Congratulations to my wife, your Pastor Kelly, and our daughter for their graduation. There you go. Uh, We were away for that last week in Kansas City. One more picture by popular demand. Uh, My granddaughter, yes. Actually, I'm the popular demand. I thought of Hemingway's Old Man and the Sea, although it's the old man and the baby there. Anyway, there you go. Tuesday evening, this Tuesday evening, uh, here in the, uh, the building, we're going to have a real important meeting for our congregation. We would love to have as many of you as can come out to that. Details are in that nice uh, Mother's Day pink handout you have. Uh, we're going to receive the report from that assessment weekend we were participating in back in March. Uh, dinner provided, you can't beat that at no cost to you. It'll be sitting on the table ready for you. Kids are welcome. We'll have some activity sheets on the uh, tables for them. Teenagers, we'd love to have everyone there. If you could let us know that you're coming and how many with your party on that uh, nice Connect card that's in your pink handout, just put your name, number of those coming. That'll help us plan that dinner and put that in the offering plates as they come by. Okay, that's this Tuesday. Details right there. We want to support that uh, local pregnancy center, Choices. And uh, you might have seen the baby bottles out in the foyer. Grab one of those. I've already got change. I dug through the seat cushions and various things up at the parsonage, found some change to get me started, Uh, bringing those back in uh, a few weeks on Father's Day. And the details are on that nice lavender insert in your handout this morning. No youth group tonight in honor of Mother's Day, prayer time on Wednesday, and do check out those uh, nice handouts with other information uh, that's important for you. Also, if you're online with us, uh, watching online today, we're attaching that very same handout every Tuesday to the email so you're not behind the times on information that we're distributing here. And happy Mother's Day. Hats off to moms. We're going to have one mom come and uh, read a little something. So, Olivia, make your way up here. Uh, On Mother's Day here at WLC, we put the moms to work. We've got a mom leading worship. We've got a mom preaching. We've got a mom or two doing um, readings. And this morning, uh, along with the moms, we just want to honor all the women. Thank you so much for the unique contribution you make to this church and to the world. Back at the beginning of time, you completed the picture, and we, uh, we honor you today, and we want to give you a little gift to uh, express our love and appreciation. So Zeph and Kaylee are going to pass out nice, beautiful roses for every woman in the place today, okay? Go ahead and give those out, and uh, Olivia, with kid in tow, oh, I love it, has a little reading for us this morning.
3: to those who gave birth this year to their first child we celebrate with you to those who lost a child this year we mourn with you to those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains we appreciate you to those who experience loss through miscarriage failed adoptions or running away we mourn with you to those who walk the hard path of infertility we walk with you to those who foster who are foster moms Mentor moms and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own child, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envisioned lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who placed children for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness And remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. Father God, we just come to you with humble hearts. You know a mother's heart better than anybody. You've given us stepping stones in our lives. You've put people in the right paths to build us up, to help us through. And we praise you for that. We thank you for each day that you provide either tolerance, patience, love, or grace, among many other things. And we thank you for the people in our lives that just pray for us, because we need it. And Father God, I just want us to be a church that builds each other up, that hopes with each other, cries with each other, and just walks through life with each other. Give us the right humble spirits and the kindness towards each other to just focus on each other being a child of you. We thank you so much for this opportunity to be here at church today to worship you, and we praise you for what's to come. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Well done, Olivia. Okay, men, let's applaud our moms and ladies today. Amen. Before we receive our offering, I'm going to ask yet another mom to come forward, Benita Miller is going to come and read a passage of scripture that will prepare our hearts for uh, Kelly's preaching today. Thank you, Benita.
3: So I'm reading from Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, Ephesians 4, 2 through 7.
4: One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Here's the best part. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it.
0: Beautiful. Thank God for his word and for all his gifts. Amen. We're going to receive the morning tithes and offerings and give back to God uh, an offering of thanks for all he's blessed us with Invite those that are waiting on us to come, and then in just a few moments, Lori will have us back on our feet to worship and praise the God that's given us so much. Amen.
2: to praise him. If it's banded. Been-
5: Father in prayer, about me, Lord, we are grateful for your direction on our lives, as we've been singing about. To be sent is a responsibility, is a calling, and is a blessing. We are your church church isn't a building, it's your people, Lord, and we want to be what you have created us to be, and that is those that share the good news, that live out the good news, that live out your love. Your word says, they will know my disciples by their love, so let us be people of love in all that we do, in all that we say, wherever we go. It's a challenge, it's calling, but it's, it's what we're called to, Lord. And I'm thankful this morning that we get to join in an anthem of voice together with other churches around the world, and even especially the, the family of the Church of the Nazarene, as, they, as we seek to um, take part in this mobilization of prayer it's it's empowering and encouraging to be aware of the, the other churches that are taking part in worshiping you at this very hour around the nation, around the world. Lord, I thank you for, I thank you for that. There's directives we want to pray along with them, and we want to pray for protection, Lord. There's a lot of ways that we can pray for your protection. We can pray for health and wellness protection, and but we also pray for the protection of the schemes of the enemy in our lives. Pray for the protection of that for temptation and what how the enemy would seek to divert our pathways from the pathways you have called us to. and protect us, Lord, where we go. You only give us enough light for our path for the next step, Lord, and we are thankful for that. Protect us on the path. Don't let our feet slip as we seek to do your calling and your will in our lives. I pray for your direction, Lord, in our lives. It's such an empowering thing, and... um, An amazing thing when we can feel the direction and we feel maybe not even just doors opening in our lives but doors shutting that we know that you're behind us and and guiding us and directing us in our pathway Lord I pray for that direction to be felt in the lives of those here there's a lot of prayers I'm sure going up that have to deal with direction Lord and I pray for that we thank you for when it does come that for those of our congregation for the direction of their, their walks and their, their guidance. And then finally, Lord, I pray for your revelation in our lives and an amazing thing to have to know your word, to know your truth in our lives when it comes again. It's an amazing thing. So I pray for your revelation and sometimes that can come alongside direction in our lives, and that can overlap, with where we need to know where we're going, and your revelation comes and helps with that as well. We thank you for all the ways that you bless us, Lord. Come to us, be with us, and I thank you for Pastor Kelly, who's going to come. Please bless her as she gives the word this morning.
4: Good morning, church friends. So good to be here worshiping with you today. And happy Mother's Day. I tell you what, the women here at WLC are incredible. You love so beautifully. You open up your heart to everyone. It has just been such a joy to be among you, to be here with you, and to just live life here as a part of this church family. So thank you for being such incredible women. The men aren't so bad either, but you know what? Today, let's acknowledge you women and say thank you for all you do. Can any of you relate to these Mother's Day quotes? I always say, if you aren't yelling at your kids, you're not spending enough time with them. True. I child proof the house but they're still getting in. I want all my children to have the things that I could not afford. Then I want to move in with them. I like that one. My kids call it yelling when I raise my voice. But I call it motivational speaking for the selective hearing motherhood is it's lovingly feeding your children as babies and then through most of their 20s true well when i was a boy this this is not for me this is for the boys when i was a boy my mother wore a mood ring and when she was in a good mood it turned blue. Do you all remember the mood rings that were real popular? So my mother wore that, and when she was in a good mood, it turned blue. When she was in a bad mood, it left a big red mark on my forehead. (laughs) The most remarkable thing about my mother is that for 30 years Years she served the family leftovers. The original meal has never been found. A mother's love is unconditional, but don't push it. It's not easy being a mom. Amen? If it were easy, fathers would do it. <laughs> I'm going to be preaching from a passage from 2 Kings 4, 1 to 7. This is a scripture that God gave me probably about a month and a half ago during my morning devotions. I read this scripture, and I said, I want to preach a message on that scripture. 2 Kings 1 to 7. It's an account of a desperate mother whose husband has died. And she's about to lose both of her boys to slavery in order to pay the debt that she owes. We can only imagine the pain that this mother is experiencing. And the prophet Elisha hears about her story, sees her dilemma, and is moved to help them. What I find so interesting about this scripture is how God not only performs a miracle, but he chooses to use the resources of the widow and the resources of her community to do that miracle. 2 Kings 4, 1-7. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars, and as each jar is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left this is the word of the lord thanks be to god well who is elisha he was the disciple of elijah the great prophet of israel who was taken up in a whirlwind and before elijah was taken up he gave elisha a double portion of his spirit Elisha was a very humble prophet, though, who loved the people of Israel, and he was so faithful to God and God's call on his life. Elisha became the leader of the prophets in Israel, and with the incredible power of God upon him, he performed twice as many miracles as his mentor, Elijah. Some of these miracles that Elijah performed was that he purified the waters of Jericho so that the land there could be fruitful again. He prophesied for a wealthy Sunamite family with whom he lived, and later that son, he prophesied that she would have a son, and then later when that son died, Elisha brought him back to life. Elisha removed poison from a stew and made it edible again he multiplied 20 barley loaves to feed a hundred men he cured Naaman the commander of the army of the king of Syria of leprosy he made a borrowed axe head float so that it it could be retrieved out of the water and returned to its owner Elisha he was a nice guy a nice prophet Until some young boys made fun of his bald head. And do you know what Elisha did? He had these bears come out and maul these kids. So do not ever make fun of a prophet. Ever. He's the kind of guy. Elisha seems like the kind of guy you would want to have come as a house guest. This family that Elisha came into contact with was probably known to him because they were a righteous, God-fearing family. The husband and the father of these two boys was from the company of the prophets who served the Lord. But now he's dead, and his widow and sons are living in, in debt and in poverty. And these boys are about to be taken away and put into slavery to pay that debt. Now, as horrible as that sounds, Mosaic law actually allowed for a creditor to enslave the debtor and her children until the year of Jubilee in order to work off the debt. So, this woman, she was desperate, she was in a bad situation. Her husband is dead. Her sons are going to be taken away from her. Her food is gone. She is desperate for help. She is in need of a miracle. Well, fortunately, miracles happen when we offer what little we have to God. After hearing about her plight, And asking her how he could help her, Elisha asked her a very silly question. Elisha says to this widow, what do you have in the house? What's wrong with this guy? Is this guy clueless? She's beginning to think Elisha is not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Why is he asking me what I have in the house? She didn't have anything. Her house was empty. She was bankrupt. She was destitute. She had absolutely nothing to offer Elisha. Why would Elisha ask such a dumb question? Because maybe, maybe she did have something. This poor widow was so consumed with the emptiness of her house and the hopelessness of her life that she forgot to check her pockets. She did have something. This poor widow had something. She had a little flask of olive oil, a little flask of anointing oil. Not much, but it was something. Not much, but it was enough. Elisha's question wasn't a silly question at all because it forced the widow to take her eyes off of everything she had lost and her extreme poverty and her dire situation and look for something that she still had. She had something, a little vial of anointing oil that was enough for a miracle. Now, this woman could have done One of two things. She could have said, oh, my goodness, that's just such a little tiny thing. That's such a little offering. I'm too embarrassed to give that. What could God possibly do with something as tiny as this? I really don't have much to offer, so I shouldn't offer that. Or she could have said, that's all I've got. This is it. This is all I have. I had better hold on to it because I might need that someday. But she didn't do that, did she? She offered her little vial of oil. All that she had, she offered it to be used by God. And miracles happen when we offer what little we have to God. We also learn from this scripture that miracles happen when we work together in community. Elisha told that widow to go to her neighbors and collect all of their empty jars. And Elijah said, Don't be shy, go big, don't ask for just a few, ask for all their empty jars. The widow thought she was destitute, didn't she? But in reality, she really wasn't. She had a small vial of olive oil and she had her friends and her neighbors. When we're in a bad place, the enemy wants to tell us that we are all alone, right? When we are destitute, When we are lonely, when we are sick, when we're afraid, when we are struggling, the enemy says, you are all alone. Nobody cares. But we're never alone. Amen? This widow wasn't alone, was she? We are never alone. And Elisha reminded the widow of this by including her beautiful, generous community in her miracle. With the widow's tiny flask of oil, God filled all of those empty jars. And when they were filled, the oil stopped flowing. The widow then took that oil and sold it and was able to pay off her debts and save her son's from slavery, and she had hope once again. God performed a mighty miracle that day, and He used the widow's resources and her community's resources to do it. And God has chosen to use you and me and everything that we have our resources in the restorative work that he is doing in our world today. What an honor that is. And we all have something that he wants to use to show his love to a lost and hopeless world. And sometimes we're reluctant to offer to God what we have. Because we feel it is way too insignificant. We feel it is way too small. What could God God possibly do with me or use what I have? It is so small. But what you have, no matter how small or insignificant it may seem, when offered to God, he can use it to do great things for you, for your family, for your community, for your church, and for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. You can. This week, I came upon an illustration that teaches us how small things make a huge difference. One day in the countryside of Scotland, a common and poor farmer was toiling in his field, when suddenly he heard a cry for help. Startled, he recognized someone was in trouble, and the plea was coming from a nearby bog. Immediately, he dropped what he was doing and ran to the source of the plea. When he located the voice calling for help, he stumbled upon a terrified boy up to his waist in black muck screaming and sinking deeper and deeper into the bog as each minute passed. The farmer calmly retrieved ropes from nearby. He pulled the boy up out of the bog and saved his life. The next day, an elegantly dressed nobleman arrived at the farmer's small and simple home. When the nobleman stepped out of his carriage... He introduced himself as the father of the boy the farmer had saved the day before. With a great emotion, the nobleman thanked the farmer and asked to repay the farmer for saving his son's life. The farmer waved off the offer, and he said, Oh, no, I could not accept payment for doing the right thing. At that moment, the nobleman asked if the farmer had a son, in which the farmer replied, yes, I do, I have a son. So the nobleman insisted that he provide the farmer's son an education on par with that that he would provide his own son. Upon leaving the farmer's house, the nobleman told the farmer, if the lad is anything like his father, he'll no doubt grow to be a man we both will be proud of. The nobleman's prediction concerning the father's the farmer's son proved to be prophetic. True to the nobleman's word, the farmer's son attended the best schools in the world and eventually graduated from St. Mary's Hospital Medical School in London. More importantly, he went on to become known throughout the world as the noted Sir Alexander Fleming, the discoverer of penicillin. Years afterward, the same nobleman's son who was saved from the bog was stricken with pneumonia. What saved his life this time? Penicillin. The name of the nobleman, Lord Randolph Churchill. His son, son's name, Sir Winston Churchill. Small things do make a big difference. In John six, we read about a young boy, who gave his Jesus, who gave Jesus his meager lunch, five small barley loaves and two small fish what a small offering to give to Jesus but that's all Jesus really needed to feed that crowd of 5 over 5000 people this boy's tiny insignificant lunch was all Jesus needed for that miracle miracles happen when we offer what little we have to God. Now, this widow in the scriptures, in this scripture today, had to ask her neighbors for help, right? How many of you hate to ask for help? Raise your hand. Okay, there's a lot of you. We hate to ask for help, don't we? Why? Because asking for help reveals my inadequacy. Asking for help makes me look needy. None of us want to look needy, right? And especially to my neighbors, because my neighbors, they all have life together, don't they? When we look around at our neighbors, they're not struggling. They're doing fine. I don't want to have to go ask for help. They're going to know that I'm needy, that I'm inadequate. But you know what? You and I, we were made in the image of God. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one community. We were made to be in community like God. And when we live in community, when one of us hurts, all of us hurt. When one of us celebrates, we all celebrate. And when one of us is in need, we go into our homes and we search every closet for our empty jars so that we can bring them and to help that one in need. That's community. That's the church, my friends. That's W-L-C. We are a community. We are family. And we are here for each other. And we are here to be a part of each other's Restoration, miracle. What a privilege and what an honor that is. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up. God has, usen, God has chosen to use us and to use our limited resources to change the world for good. Just like the widow's tiny vial of oil we all have something to give to God to be used by him God has brought us together as a church family to worship together to grow together in our faith to serve each other and to serve our neighbors and to be there providing for each other when there's a need but are you holding on to that tiny little thing because it feels way too insignificant to be used by God? Are you holding on to it? God couldn't possibly use this. I'm not adequate. I don't have the education. I don't have what it takes. Are you hanging on to that when God is saying, give it up? I'm going to invite you as we sing this last song today, I'm going to invite you to come forward and to kneel at these altars, if God is laying anything upon your heart that he wants to use, whatever that might be, I'm going to invite you to come forward to the altar and just open up your hands as you pray and just say, God, I know it's not much. I know, but it's what I have. And I want you to take this And I want you to use this to perform a mighty miracle in your name. So I'm going to invite you to stand. And as we sing, come forward and to just offer whatever it is that you have to God to be used.
1: the greatness of
0: a great message last Sunday from Pastor Larry. I listened to it. I hope you're working on those testimonies in three or four minutes. You heard a great message today. Once in a while there's a message that just really needs to soak in deep. That's good stuff. And I can tell you what, Kelly lives that. I can tell you a story from this week. Let's all do that. Then we have uh, come and fallen down and surrendered ourselves and worshiped to God. Now we rise up and we walk back out into our Father's world to take whatever it is we have, however small it seems, to be Christ's hands and feet, His eyes and ears in this world that God so loved that He gave His Son. And now it's on us. Let's make a difference out there in his name. Amen. God, help us as we go. By the power of your spirit and by your grace to make that difference to your glory. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Have a great day. If you are a woman and didn't get a rose, make sure you give one. I'm guessing there's some extras out there. If you're going to see some special lady today, take one for her and uh, be a blessing to each other as you go. God bless you.